You are listening to the Massive Report podcast. Welcome back to the Massive Report podcast. We are here for another show that uh, is hopefully more exciting than the crew game on, well, the second half of the crew game on Saturday evening, but we'll get to that. We are here at Saucy Brew Works at the corner of Michigan and 3rd Avenue, and uh, we've got Bart back. Bart? Hey, buddies. You were uh, across the pond. How was your trip? Uh, it was it was terrific. Um, yeah, went to uh, Scotland, and I can report haggis. It's great, folks. We love it. It's terrific. Get yourself a little bit of that lamb liver, a little bit of some lung in there. It's great. You just just ground down. It's wonderful. Good stuff. Scottish food, wonder, great. Uh, Scottish food in general, okay. Um, what what everyone on that island though could use, like seriously, hot sauce at the tables. Like they they need to need to have hot sauce more readily available. You are the I think the fourth person I know, including our friend Ethan, mm-hmm. uh, who has gone to Scotland just this year. So there must be something in the water uh, to get people. They over just to finally we, we they finally are permitting my family. Uh, you know my my. Uh, Great, 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 great grandfather. Uh, basically, from what I gather, uh, the queen had the hots for him, and the prince didn't like that too much, so they uh, 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 exiled him to the New World, and he settled in Ohio. So we're finally getting around to, you know, them letting us back in um, to Scotland, and so we took the chance. Well, that's will you, will nice. you make any moves on the new on the current queen? Uh, I think that the current queen is a hologram. Okay. <laughs> um, on that note, we have Drew, who you just heard, Drew McDaniel, back again for a second straight week. Is this the first time, Drew, you've done consecutive podcasts? Yes, first back-to-back. All right. Well, uh, yeah, you may have guessed by now, but Brian's not here. Sam is also here, but he had some dental work done today, so he will not be speaking, but he is making sure we all sound good. So I've del- we've delayed it enough, but let's get to Saturday night's game. We'll also talk a little Crew 2, a disappointing result there. Um, maybe see what Bart thought about some of, some of the things that have happened since he was gone, <laughs> including uh, maybe some Darlington Nagby talk. But uh, let's get into Saturday's game. The crew go out to Colorado, get a 1-1 draw. I think, Drew, you were here last week. I think we were all content with a point out of that match, um, the way it played, well, the way it started really, Crew score in the fifth minute, another Cucho Hernandez goal, his sixth of the year, a pretty nice goal too. Good build up. Colin Johnson wrote a, a nice piece on the anatomy of a goal. If you want to read that and kind of how the crew not only passed the ball the way up the field, but uh, you know made all the hustle plays to win 50-50 balls and whatnot. But Crew score early, about 20 minutes of the match they were completely dominant if you go back and watch the highlights on on youtube the first 20 minutes or the first 20 minutes of the uh actual gameplay were were all the crew and then i don't know if it was altitude i don't know if it was game plan but colorado started to get back into the match they score a penalty kick goal Well, actually they scored a goal that was ruled off sides jiasi zardes found the back of the net but the play was called offside earlier and then uh, Diego Rubio scores a penalty kick just before halftime. As Bart said before we started the show, the, the highlights did not have much in the second half because there really wasn't much. Drew, just your thoughts on taking a point given what you saw out of that game. You know, a point on the road is never a bad thing. And 
The consensus was that a tie, I think we were thinking two to two for the most part last week, except for uh, I called three to one, which definitely didn't happen. Um, Thank you for, uh, for, for filling that yeah, void for me. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I believe there was a Josh Williams bicycle kick hat trick. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that definitely was the call. We didn't forget about you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the goal from Kucho was great. I actually was very optimistic that we would win um, after being up at the fifth minute mark, but it we kind of slowly just took the foot off the gas. I mean, Pedro's uh, cross in for Cucho was great. I mean, so I was happy with our early gameplay. I think the game plan was probably just a let's settle back. And fortunately, when we've been doing that, we've been kind of kind of allowing goals. So. No one really got into the game in the second half. Uh, it just was a lot of back and forth in the midfield. I really think the game could have called for Aiden Morris earlier on than the 90th minute. But here we are. We have a point. That's okay. We're coming back home. The ne- Three of the next four are at home against teams below us in the standings. So we're really entering a really important stretch, and I think maybe some of the focus was there. It was interesting just because we, we talked with Caleb Porter this week about, or last week, I guess, about the altitude, and he really downplayed it and said, you know, if you let it become too much in your heads, it becomes a, a bigger deal than it really is. You have to just go out and deal with it. But, I mean, you know, 20, 30 minutes in is when you usually hear that you start to feel that effect, and that's right when the crew kind of let off. Uh, they did not get a second goal, which to me is becoming kind of a key for this team. And, you know, not that the, this was a bad result, but we've seen it, you know, in the FC Cincinnati game. Cincinnati started to get into the game in the second half. Crew get the penalty kick, score the second goal. It's a 2-0 game. You flip that to the Montreal game, and, and there's a couple other examples in there, but these are the two that stand out in my mind. And you don't get that second goal. You let Montreal build throughout the second half, and then obviously they score the two goals late. This game, you don't give up a second goal, but if they go up 2-0 at that point, you know, I think it becomes much more difficult for Colorado to come back. Bart, I know uh, you were a little bit jet-lagged. You you focused mostly on the first half. What were your major takeaways? Yeah, yeah, you could say. I mean, well, yeah, I, I uh, fell asleep for the second half, and, you know, what's everyone else's excuse for <laughs> <laughs> missing that or falling asleep for that one? But, um, I mean, I, I thought they, you know... You, you were encouraged kind of by the lineup. I think that's probably, you know, Sands, uh, Cucho Hernandez, and then maybe at, at, at the wings, um, kind of the, the starting lineup that, that you'd envision for this team coming into the season, right? With, with you know, with Milos Jegnek, the guy you signed to be your starting center back. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, with, with Lucas in there starting with, with everyone else, and you've got your, you know, new striker. I mean, I was thrilled with uh with Cucho getting getting another one he just continues to keep scoring um really excited to see Pedro Santos in there get the assist on it uh, I, I think he is you know again uh I think there was some frustration with him a couple weeks ago but I I, I still don't think there's a better left back in MLS um I think you know is is he perfect no but there there's not a perfect left back and sure what I, I love if he was 25 years old and he was you know you'd have have seven more years to get out of him yeah but that that's not the case and you're you're not going to turn down 
a very productive, attacking, um, dangerous option on the flank there. Uh, I, I do think, I think Aiden Morris, I agree with you there. I think Aiden Morris is kind of the difference. And I, and I understand wanting, you know, especially as Artur is, is now healthy to kind of get in there. Um, but I don't think Aiden Morris did enough really to get displaced from the starting position. Um, and uh, it do, just does seem like there's just the, this, this additional spark that he brings, some additional energy um, that the team, you know, maybe was lacking. I, I, I don't know if I, I – I'm kind of, you know, with you and, and with Caleb, I guess, to the extent where I, I don't think that the altitude should really be – um, an issue or an excuse, rather, with you know, a team of professional athletes. Um, um, you know, they're playing through this. Every team has to do it. Colorado. They've, they've got two losses at home, but there are teams that have one loss at home. You know, uh, uh, so it's not like they are impregnable um, uh, playing at that altitude. And you know, teams go to Denver to win, win in you know football games all the time. So, and, and teams go down uh, to uh, uh, to Mexico City and win. So. Um, I, I don't think that's really an excuse. I think it's convenient, but I don't think that's the reason why. Ultimately, I think it's just this, this team, yeah, sometimes they just seem to kind of they get that lead and, and, and sometimes they've got that second gear to put it away. And sometimes I think especially on the road, especially on a, against the Western Conference team, um, they're, you know, they're fine with kind of just closing up shop and they'll be fine with one point. Yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead, Jerry. Are you fine with one point going into that game? No, I'm never fine with one point. I think Cruz should win every single game, but especially when you know when you're going up against the Colorado team. And it was uh, the other, you know, my other big observation was just that, you know seeing all our good friends. I like seeing Jossie there. Um, Love seeing Lawless again. Uh, I was bummed. I I'd missed that uh, Bubakeda. Had gotten that season-ending surgery. I was looking forward to, you know, getting a chance to see him. I still do look back, and obviously it was, you know, different, a different coach, um, uh, you know, different style, you know, what what they're looking for in a team. But I do think letting Lalas Abubakar walk the way they did um, is one of those, you know, you, you, you're all right at center back, but I, I think Lalas Abubakar would be a great option to have here um in columbus he just continues to be uh he's grown into one of the you know better center backs in mls with colorado um game in game out he's you know noticeable albeit he's also just because of the hair he's always going to be noticeable but but he's just right there in the middle of everything um aggressive um without you know taking too many bad fouls um and i I think he has an element that you know a lot of the the crew could you know use in, in a center back um Again, not that you know uh, uh, that we're not satisfied with with what you got in uh, Josh and, and with Milos Jegenek, but um, it's always great to see Lawless. It was Porter who traded Abubakar. It was his was first. It, it was I his thought, first season. Really? Oh wow! I, 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 why did I think that was the last Greg? Well, Caleb, I'm back to sack Porter. <laughs> I'm back to sack Porter. Well, I think that. Lawless is a player at that point that you build your building. Mm-hmm. And I think Caleb thought this team was in a closer to a win now mode. And then they did win. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. you know, we've talked about what that 2020 season, you know, how, how you kind of view that given everything that happened. But 
Um, I think that that was kind of the approach at that time. And also, I think if you look back, Lalas had made a, a decent number of mistakes that season that had, had cost the team some points. Even the, you know, even prior to that, he, it was risk reward with Lalas. You, you mm-hmm. sometimes got some really good stuff, and sometimes you got the the mistakes that were cards or goals the other way. And I think Caleb was just looking for a, a safer option next to Jonathan Mensa. And you know, I think look, Colorado finished first in the Western Conference last year, so it's not like he hasn't helped develop yeah. that team. Um, but you know, he still he still is that risk reward player. And you know, I thought he was very good on on Saturday. No no real mistakes from him. Um, I'm not sure where the center backs were on the goal that Kucho scored because there were two fullbacks, and I know it was kind of scramble mode as the ball got cleared, but uh, you'd like to have a center back marking Cucho and not both fullbacks on one side of the field. I wanted to ask you guys about that Cucho goal and the finish in particular, and, and Drew, you kind of mentioned the, the shot into the ground, and it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition with the goal that Giassi scores that gets called back because I think both of those are very much the epitome of these players, and... The ball can find the back of the net either way, but Cucho's doing it at a different level, and this is nothing against Giassi. He still is is a poacher. We saw what he was able to do in the game before this, if you watch that when he got the hat trick, mm-hmm. but it's just a different way to score goals, and I think Cucho just opens up a number of different options instead of just having to be that guy in the six. I mean, this was the guy in the six for him, yeah. but he also did it in a way that is fairly unique for guys scoring goals yeah I think if you put that right on the goal um, like Cucho did against Montreal I think you might you're risking putting it right at the keeper and so putting it right down at the ground the goalie's not going to be down there because he's not going that would just be really silly to be on the ground at that position so it bounces below him and goes up and skies into the top of the net actually so it was a very smart and heady play by Cucho, and um, it's something I'm glad to see. He has just the ability to score goals from every different position, and that includes being a poacher, um, too, at times. And I'm very excited to have him as our number nine um, and having so many more dimensions to the attack. And that just opens up so much of the game for, mm-hmm. for Lucas. I mean, Santos had nobody on him when he crossed the ball in. And uh, if, if you have a fullback on him, drifting back post, there's just no one who's going to be able to mark him. I, I'm glad that the center backs were out of position. So I, I just think that a play like that just shows the caliber of player that Cucho is and just gives me a lot more excitement for the rest of the year, for next year, for making a run to the playoffs, having a player who can score the goal, uh, who can score a goal, and who I expect to score a goal. Like I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, a kid who went on vacation or uh, went on, you know, a, a, a sporting exchange trip in college and coming back and ooh this. But uh, I was talking to some folks in Scotland and you know, talking about, okay, yo, you're, you're a football fan. Who's your team? Columbus Crew. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, that. Cucho Hernandez, he's the guy who played for uh, Watford, and he's like, how many uh, how many strikers come to ML? What's the average age of 
Premier League players that come to MLS was the question that was posed to me. And I said, that's a good question. And I think it's probably north of 33. Pro- it's gone oh, yeah. up uh, with yeah. LAFC this year. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those where I think that that's precisely your point. That's the pedigree when you get a player in his prime or just at the edge of getting into his prime who is a Premier League caliber player. Um, he's able to put himself, he's able to demand the attention and even with the attention still able to create that space and you've got somebody like Pedro Santos who's you know got got the pedigree of a person who came up as a winger um, who again you can learn defense you can learn how to defend and and with Pedro he's always been able to you know always had the, the work rate always been willing to track back so a guy who can find him with that cross or and and know because Pedro's played at you know at a fairly high level in Portugal as well too uh, uh, you know know that that is a place where you can put that ball and even if Kucha Hernandez doesn't look like he's there or making that run yet he's gonna know to do that and put it on target and that's what he did well and the thing too that he does and, and this is something that Giassi did you know as, as well as anyone in MLS for a long time but he does it in a different way, and, and Caleb, uh, our Caleb, Master Reports Caleb, not Caleb Porter, pointed this out in the tactical review. That's right. Caleb Porter has no clue about this. And ju- but just <laughs> the the way he comes back, not only to, to help defensively, mm-hmm. and he does that, but he he joins the attack or joins the attack further back in the field to help bring things forward, which allows Lucas to stay further up, and they can kind of pick and choose their moments. Uh, and you'll you'll notice that they seem to have a good read on each other of who who's dropping. You know, it's almost like you're playing with two forwards, and and one is kind of a, a more withdrawn and Lucas, but both guys can kind of play both roles, and it makes it hard to mark a guy like that. You know, you don't always want your forward dropping too deep because that often leaves a hole up there. But if you have someone like Lucas who is also equally able to hold the ball up and and find people off of him and obviously score a goal. Then, then you have something there where, where both guys can do that. Um, another thing with this game, there were a lot of fouls, a lot of yellow cards. I believe there were seven yellow cards. Some of them I questioned that whether they deserve to be yellow cards. But we talked last week about how Colorado play kind of an unattractive, ugly style that tends to be effective. And I think that the crew kind of played into that, especially as they got more fatigued with some of the fouls and I mean, you know, Darlington Nagby had one that, again, I don't know if it's a yellow card, but it was just kind of an uncharacteristic mm-hmm. mistake where he just gets kind of beaten a foot race and just grabs the guy's jersey, and they ended up letting it play on and brought it back um, after another, you know. It's pretty ticky-tack for that to be the first yellow of the I, game. I agree, but it's just, you know, something like that you don't generally see from Darlington Nagby. Yeah. Oh, no, he's notorious for not picking up yellows. Right. And so... It, it was just interesting that, you know, this was kind of that type of game. Um, and then, you know, you get the result. Obviously, that didn't favor Colorado, who at home wants to get three points in front of the few hundred people that were there for that game. But um, Hey, are you, I assume you're talking about Mile High Massive, the few hundred. There were a good amount of <laughs> this is good, good showing. So uh, going back to the game, I know we were watching over at another bar – um, and it was hard to tell what happened during the red card incident. Did anybody hear more about what that uh, kit manager said or did and why the guy was, like, carried off the field? No. 
I haven't I haven't seen anything about that. That's a good point. I I actually forgot that that happened because it's not listed on the uh, the stat sheet here. So, so okay, run this back because again, I think I, I was passed out at this time. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, like the second half, you're just lulling you to sleep, yeah. and then all of a sudden, the game is stopped, and the ref runs over to the sideline. And presents a red card. Everybody thought it was to Robin Frazier, mm-hmm. um, where we were watching. Turns out it was to the kit manager. And <laughs> the kit, the kit manager, like the guy, like the equipment manager. Yes. Yeah, he. It's like the guy, <laughs> very large guy. <laughs> and What's the guy's name in Ted Lasso? Who uh, uh, is the kit manager who eventually? Oh yeah, uh, Nate, Neil, right? right. Yeah. Nate, yeah. Nate, yeah. Yes. Nate, yeah. Yes. I mean, and then. So was he trying to like call a play or something? Well, I think so. A, a player got uh, fouled. One of their players mm-hmm. got fouled, and I really didn't see what happened on the foul. And then he just could not get up and was carried off the field, mm-hmm. not in a not by the stretcher. It was something just like picked him up and carried him off the field, which was also odd. Yeah, um, that's a that's a thing that you do if you're really worried about someone about how they got injured. Is you pick them up by hand and uh you know it doesn't need to be on a flat solid surface no. or something like that you just drag them it was a very odd sequence at the towards the end of the game if anybody has any information i'd be very interested to hear what happened because uh the audio was not on where we were watching the game it was on it just is <laughs> there were so many people there. Uh, so, like, like, so do you think he, like, he, 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 was t- he was talking crap to the ref? I mean, that's, I feel like that's the sort of, albeit it didn't ultimately impact the, you know, outcome of the game. Although, does, does a red card applied to a member of the staff, you know, is, he does will a player not, have to end up? Does he, he's nah. not allowed to be there. He, you know, he, the he can't be there the next I mean, game. I feel like that's one of those things where it's like he, it, I, I, I don't mean to, you know, take anything away from the, you know, great people that work in the support staff and personnel for teams, but kind of feel like that's one of those where it's like, if you are, impacting the game in any sort of way with a negative connotation you're probably not your key doesn't work to get into your office on monday well (laughs) so again something like this well maybe not exactly like this but a athletic trainer for philadelphia actually got a red card earlier this season and was suspended for two games because he was pushing one of the i think Tati Castellanos, mm-hmm. after Tati kind of pushed him and he kind of retaliated. Because athletic trainers aren't allowed to, like, are the only, like, non-player that's allowed on the field, they are held to a pretty high standard. Mm-hmm. So he, they said that he had to be suspended for another couple of games. Now um, Jim Curtin came out and was like, I'm perfectly fine with how he handled this and, like, mm-hmm. stood up for our players. So I think it just – kind of is how the coach and the the, um, the team's views how that guy handled the situation. If he was standing up for one of the, their players, maybe they're fine with it. Yeah, I mean, it's the most, the sim- simplest answer here would be that this equipment manager was yelling out of turn at the officials or, or whatnot. I mean, I imagine that, 
you know, that's probably the easiest way to get a red card when you're on the on the bench. But we may never know. Yeah. We may never know how this one turns out. So uh, anything else you guys have on this game, or should we move on to the uh, heck is plausible? I believe that's what they're calling it. Unless you're the announcer during the game, which kept calling it hell is too real, uh, crew two game. <laughs> mm, All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the reserve boys. So uh, crew two, for those who didn't watch it, tied since FC Cincinnati 2-3-3, to but lost 4-2 to on penalty kicks. Crew 2 was up 2-0 just before halftime. Uh, two good goals. The first goal, you can find it on Twitter. Uh, it was on the MLS Next Pro uh, Twitter account. Actually, initially with tagged as FC Cincinnati's goal, but then they fixed it. <laughs> A nice, nicely worked set piece that, that clearly came off the training ground that uh, Micheletto scored, and then Isaiah Parente scored right before halftime. Cincinnati came back in the second half, tied it up before the 75th minute, and then in stoppage time, Crew 2 got a penalty kick, Parente scored, and then Cincinnati got a penalty kick, and Calvin Harris, I don't think any relation to the uh, DJ, musician, whatever he may is, uh, scored, and then Cincinnati won in penalty kicks. Crew 2 has not yet won a penalty kick shootout, which uh, wouldn't normally be a big deal, but it does mean you lose an additional point hockey style. Uh, so, Drew, did you did you tune into this game? Uh, I was actually at another engagement party. All right, well, I'll just talk about it then. I uh, did keep track of it. Yeah, no, it was it was a fun game for most of it. Uh, I thought Crew Two by at halftime were going to to run away with things. Yep. Cincinnati did not seem to even be much in the match. They did create a little bit in the first half, but then the second half, Crew Two kind of left the foot off the gas. The old 2-0 lead is the worst lead at halftime in soccer. Kind of got to them, I think, and it was very strange to get two penalty kicks in stoppage time like that. Um, but an interesting chapter in the reserve version of Hell is Real. Crew 2 won the first, the first meeting in Columbus. They will play again. They dominated that yeah, match, they too. Did. Uh, it, it's very interesting to me, and we don't have to go into it too much, but just how different this team is without Jason Russell Rowe. Yes, well, so they finally were able to score without him. Yeah. So the three goals is positive. It's odd that the defensive issues were there. So I think part of how why Cincinnati was able to come back was just them playing at home. I think gave them a lot more energy and enthusiasm to go after the game because they played at TQ uh, TL. Or TQL. Tickle Stadium. Yeah, that, Good that crowd. place. And a bunch of crew fans were there. Yeah, so, like, I think the energy helped Cincinnati because when they came here and lost 4 0, they gave up. They gave up 75th minute down 2 0, and then the crew scored two more goals. So, I think the crowd helped. I think playing at home helped. I am a bit concerned. I mean, not really concerned because we're running away with the East. But the inability to win the penalty kicks um, has really hindered their chances at winning probably the overall supporter shield. And and MLS Next Pro, not that that means a ton in the long run, but I think the players would like it. Um, That It's three now that they've lost. Yeah, well, and I mean, if you think about it, if you go to the postseason and you draw in there, you're you're going to there's the possibility. I assume they do extra time in the postseason, but there's certainly uh, penalty kicks that that could be in their future. And 
I don't know if they've had if they've managed to save one. I mean, I really like what Brady Scott and Patrick Schulte have done in net for them, and I think you've got two young, promising goalkeepers on Crew Two, but you got to make a penalty kick save every once in a while, and uh, it hasn't been great. And he can't kick the penalty kick straight at the goalkeeper either. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, finishing them also important. Well, yeah, and so I think the finishing part they had subbed off Fusan and Micheletto. Yeah. So I think they were playing to win the game, or like just to not give up goals, which obviously didn't work. And so their attacking threats weren't there. Parente buried his again, so he had a he had a great game. But you know, I mean, you, the guy that uh, missed the second penalty kick, I think his name is Mumba. He had just yeah, been just signed with the team that week. So, I mean. We gotta look at it as it is. It's a developmental team. They're trying to develop these guys. They're trying to see how they fit in the within the team and the system. So even though they lost, it's not a big deal. It would have been more fun to see them win. It's always fun to see us beat Cincinnati. So yeah, I think that's the way most people have viewed this. I think that's the way. I mean, obviously this this team wants to win games, but. They made it very clear from the beginning, whether it be Corey Ray or, or head coach Lauren Courtois, that, that this was about developing guys. And I think you've seen a lot of guys make strides. We've talked about it each week. We've talked about Crew 2 and, and just kind of the positives, not only of guys that have signed with the first team, like Jason Russell Rowe and, and Mo Farsi, who also didn't play in the game, I don't believe. Um, but the, the amount of time that guys on the Crew first team roster, you mentioned Isaiah Parente, but Jake Morris, and there's a handful of them, they've gotten time throughout the year that they would otherwise just be kind of training and, yeah. you know, hoping to hoping the team made a deeper open cup run. So that's where it's really been positive. Wait, you can make it past the 16. You are allowed to oh win an God. open what? cup game. Yep. No, I mean, Sacramento FC might win. <laughs> In fact, the crew just recently honored a past open sure. cup championship. team. I'm, I'm kind of, Mad that I did not get one of those T-shirts because you know saw some folks wearing them that game. Saw some more folks wearing them, you know, in that NYC game, and they just they look so good. They're so great. Well, there might be a few floating around. Yeah, we had several in the stands that game, so yeah, you well. might be able to find one. <laughs> um, I left with just one because I lost the other ones, but I also saw a homeless man wearing one uh, a few weeks ago. Okay. So. Good, he should. Yeah. Well, look, he needs it more than I. I don't need another crew shirt, but I would like one. So if you're a listener. Come find me. In the Crew 2 match, Courtois did get sent off with a red. So yes. we'll see how that – I mean, that could have affected their game plan, their uh, ability to organize defensively. We'll also see how it affects them next week – or well, coming this Saturday against Orlando, who this is their first trip to Orlando. They beat Orlando like 6-2 to two and like 2-0. to zero. So we'll see how that game goes. We will. And speaking of this weekend, the crew have, the first team, have uh, a game at home against Atlanta United. This is a Sunday game, as Drew pointed out to me before the uh, podcast started. I probably would have shown up to Lower.com on Saturday wondering where the hell everyone was. Well, I would have gone to Betty's first, I guess. But uh, (laughs) this is an Atlanta team we've already seen once this year. The crew obviously went down there pre-Cucho and got a 2-1 road win. Uh, Atlanta has not been good this year. This is a team that seems to be really trying to refine itself after the early st- er, their early days of MLS. 
Uh, they sit second to bottom in the Eastern Conference, which is not a place that we thought, you know, when you're talking about the, the Joseph Martinez, uh, uh, Miguel Almarone, you know, those teams and, and kind of the high-flying nature that they had, sitting on 29 points through 24 games and only 33 goals scored. That, that's not the Atlanta United that was, was winning an MLS Cup in, what, their second year in the league? So this is a very different team. They, they seem to have some issues. Joseph Martinez seems to be at odds with the coaching staff. And, and the owners yeah. and the front office and everybody. Yeah, apparently. I mean, and we saw kind of the disarray in that game in Atlanta when the crew won 2-1. Um, you know, Joseph Martinez didn't start. He came off the bench. They've got some other attacking options. But it's, it's a team that has, has certainly struggled of late. I think one win in their last four matches. Uh, they are on TV a lot. So have you guys seen much of Atlanta since the crew last played? I haven't seen too much, but I'll just point out that, you know, while obviously they have struggled, they're only five points behind crew. You know, it's a 13th place in the East, five points separating 13th place and fifth right now. So, I mean, it's, you know, while they've struggled, there's just not much separation um, between the vast majority of this table. And that's why I think... I mean, the, these are a vital three points for Crew if, if you've got a team that, you know, at home. And the other thing is, you look at Crew's home record right now, and they are five, one, four, of, and yeah, three. one of the, I mean, and, and if you look at just home standings um, for in, in the Eastern Conference, Crew are 10th, 10th in home record at that five, Somehow, yeah. though, the Red Bulls right above them. Uh, yeah, the uh, standings which, are even worse, which mm-hmm. is weird. It's just so, I mean, so this is one of those games that. You, you need to take business. I mean, you're, you've got you're, you're going up against it's. You, this is the first time where Crew has the new hotness, and by the new hotness, I mean Cucho. He's the new hotness of uh, 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 you know Joseph Martinez. He's better, stronger, younger, uh, faster, uh, uh, better bleach blonde hair, better celebrations, um, you name it. And uh, I think you just need to just go and stomp on their throats right now if you're Columbus. Yeah, I th- and so, I mean, I think Joseph comes into this game looking to prove a point because Lucas and Kuchu just did his celebration. Yeah. Um, so, which Sam got a wonderful picture of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Several. Yeah, so... Good job to him. Uh, but yes. Do you have a cell phone dimension one, though? To fit the screen. Yeah, to fit the screen. He's going to make one, folks. Good. Because, I, I, I mean, as much as I love my current background from the last Hell is Real, as we were talking about Hell is Real, I could, I could go for that one. I, I do think Joseph tries to prove a point in this game. He has not always started since his kind of blow-up at the team. He did not start last week against Cincinnati. That was a 2-2 draw. He started the two games before that. Yeah, he did start the two games before that. He hasn't scored since July 3rd. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where it, like the the star is kind of fading there, and he he seems to be unhappy. So I wonder if he is maybe going to move on next year. But this would be a game I could see him trying to prove a point. But at the same time, I think this is a crucial game for the crew. I mean, you need to take this road form and you or the home form and turn it around. This is a six point game. You could turn that five-point 
uh, gap between 13th and 5th place to a 8-point point, uh, gap, and that would be huge. And we still have a game in hand. I think this stretch is so crucial, and this is such a a marquee game. It's a 5.30 Sunday game. It's going to be on TV. It's, I think, FS1. So crew need to show up. Well, and I mean, Caleb Porter talked about it before going to Colorado that this uh, this team needs to beat teams below it in the standings, yeah. um, and they've actually done a pretty good job of that yes. this year. They have. And but last week you had a chance. The Red Bulls lost at home, and you had a chance if you'd gotten three points in Colorado to close the gap to what one point on Colorado for fourth place, and you know missed on that. So. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you look at, at the team saying they want to finish in the top four in the Eastern Conference and, and get that home playoff game. This is a game that you, you have to have. You know, Atlanta spent a lot of money. There's certainly a lot of talent there. And maybe for one game or, or maybe for a few games, it could all come together. You don't want it to be against you. I think no. crucial that you get out and score that first goal again. And as I said earlier, I think that second goal is, you know, obviously you have to score the first to get the second. But I think it's equal, if not more important, because that really puts the team in a hole. Uh, and I think that the crew have shown defensively for most of the season that, that they can um, handle those types of situations, especially if you're up two goals. So it's, it's going to be vital to, you know, to get out early, get that lead, and uh, you know, not let Atlanta gain any confidence. Yeah, and I honestly think we should shoot for three because sure. Atlanta, um, I was pretty nervous when Atlanta took on, oh, when we were playing Atlanta last time, Dom Dwyer and Martinez were charging. Yeah. I I assumed we were going to give up a goal actually, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean they, pleasantly surprised we didn't. They, yeah, and they had a lot of shots there when Dom after Dom came in, and and we hate Dom Dwyer. Think he should have his citizenship revoked, but uh, he'll was, get a red yeah, card. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, he better. So, okay, well, let's. Uh, Let's do predictions. This was kind of a, a quick and easy podcast after a, a pretty basic uh, game to go through. Drew, what do you think will happen on Sunday evening on Fox Sports 1? Well, you know, I have been pretty optimistic, and I'm going to continue with that trend. Uh, I think we win 2-1. I, don't, I, I do not think we can blank Atlanta. I would love to see us blank Atlanta. Uh, I think Lucas scores both goals. Uh, I think Kucho opens up the space. I would really like to see both Cucho and Lucas score, but I think Lucas scores both. Bart? Uh, I am going to go with uh, 4 nothing. Yeah, that's right. I think one of those goals, though, will come courtesy of Joseph Martinez's own goal. Um, just he, He's just... That's how that's how you show your discontent, folks. <laughs> bicycle kick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bicycle but attempted clearance, bicycle kick, own goal. Great. Um, uh, we're gonna go with two for Cucho. Um, uh, and again, I, I don't know if I've had the chance to, to make this claim. I have made it on Twitter, uh, but I don't know if I've, I've made it, you know, here on the podcast. But I believe that um, Cucho Hernandez is going to get a golden boot in MLS this year um he's got some so, work to do eh, he, he, look he though i think leading goal scorer is 17 cucho's got six right now um he's on the front page when you um or at least the front page on foot mob when you're scrolling for mls scores. so you know you add another two there 
Uh, uh, he's slowly making his way up to what's his name from Austin FC. Drusy. Yeah, Drusy. Kucha uh, 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 will be able to overtake him, you know, by by mid September, I figure. Um, for nothing. I will give you one hundred dollars if Joseph Martinez scores a bicycle kick <laughs> goal. I thought you were gonna say if Kucha <laughs> wins the golden boot. I'm not sure which is more likely to happen. Sam, you want to <laughs> hold up the numbers here? 2-0. I assume that's to the crew. Good guys. Yep. All right. All right. And uh, I will say 2-0 also. I think, uh, though I am, like Drew said, it would not surprise me if, if Atlanta scores. I mean, they have other attacking options. We just highlighted Joseph Martinez because he's kind of been their story. But they, uh, they've actually done, you know, despite the overall – number of goals scored there's still a lot of talent attacking talent on that team Almeida is um, very good yeah and uh Kinceros? is that how you say it he is actually their leading scorer so. Cisneros mm-hmm. there you go I, they're all their defense also is pretty suspect with all the injuries right. they have um so yeah I I think you know I don't know who scores the goals I'm really bad at predicting that but I'm good at predicting the result of the game when I predict later in the week for our actual written mm-hmm. predictions. Usually that changes from now. Then Speaking of which, remember. when are you going to start putting my written predictions or my predictions? Just transcribe them. And uh, just throw them on there. That Thomas <laughs> handles the prediction thing, so you will have to take okay, that Thomas, up Okay, Thomas, I know you listen every week, even the weeks that you're not on the podcast. So what Pat didn't say but he really meant was that Josh Williams will score a bicycle kick. Mm-hmm. This we week need, we got to get Josh back in the lineup. Oh first. yeah, he's yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, he, he I assume is, he'll yeah. be fine. But did not travel to Colorado, coming off an illness, so hopefully he's back at, at the very least on the bench for uh, for at least Bart's sake. But uh, yeah. for everyone's sake, we all <laughs> enjoy watching Josh Williams. Well, unless there's anything else that you guys can think of that we didn't touch on. Uh, Drew just almost dropped his phone on the, on the floor. It's a great save. Back, he, he can be backing up Aloy Room. Yeah, there you go. You'll I, mean, never... I don't know if you're better than John Bush, but... Evan Bush. Evan Bush. Evan Bush. Uh, so he's John Bush. You know. All right. Before we mess All up any more names, we're going to get out of here. Uh, wait, well, real quick. What do we think Brian would predict? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, see. I, I see a 3-1 from Brian. Right. Maybe a 3 Maybe a 3-0. I think, I think Brian would do a 3-0. Right, well, if Brian's listening, he can let us know if, if that's accurate. But anyway, for Saucy Brewworks here at Michigan and 3rd, thanks for having us out again. Always uh, always love being here. If you haven't been here, we recommend it. And uh, thank you all for listening. Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff that, that helps get our great words out there. Send okay. complaints to Smurf. Sure, that's fine too. I'll just ignore them <laughs> and complain about Chipotle on Twitter. Anyway... We will. Uh, we'll be back. Maybe not next week, Sam. Is this is this the week you're? All right. So we will be back next week. Yeah, we gotta be back for um, Hell's Real preview. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be back next week. Two weeks, we're gonna have to figure something out because Sam will not be able to make it, and I hate Zoom. So, but we'll figure it out, and we'll, we'll go from there. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks to Saucy, Bart, Drew, Sam. Thank you guys. I'm Patrick. We miss Brian. Yeah, we love you, Brian. Good night, everybody.